Shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Wishing you a very happy new year. Hope you're enjoying this holiday season. We certainly are. And we are enjoying helping you with your home projects, your decor projects, your remodeling projects, the projects that maybe you want to plan for the year ahead. Want to give us a call right now and let's talk them through. The number is 1 888 Money Pit, 888 666 3974. Hey, coming up this hour, now that it is really cold outside, are you getting a bit tired of having to walk the dog in the bitter cold? I mean, I know that we are. (laughs) It's kind of a pain in the neck. (laughs) But there is a solution, a doggy door. I think if you get a doggy door, the dog can kind of walk himself. I mean, if you've got an enclosed backyard, that is. We don't want to let him out into the into the street, into the neighborhood. But there are bed, there are good ones, and there are ones that are not so good. So we're going to share some details on how to pick the perfect pet portal so they can sort of walk themselves. And also ahead, we've got some tips on how to prevent snow and ice damage, including our recipe to stop slippery sidewalks from forming without destroying your concrete. That's right, because we always get calls in the spring about how to fix all the holes in the concrete. So we want to stop that from happening. And you know what? With all the holiday guests stopping by and maybe even staying over, did you hit the limits of your hot water supply? It's very easy to do. We're going to have a quick and inexpensive solution that can help that is so easy to install. You can get it done before your system runs cold again. And we want to hear what you guys are working on. It's a new year. What are you doing for your house in 2020? Let us help you get things started, get things finished. Whatever it is you are working on, we are here to lend a hand. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's first? All right, heading out to Florida to help Steve out. What are you working on? I want to change the bottom heating element of my water heater. Do I need to drain it? Yes, you do. <laughs> it's going to be very, very messy if you don't do that, my friend. You definitely do. So you want to turn the power off, of course. Right. And then you're going to want to open up that drain valve at the bottom and also the the um, the temperature and pressure relief valve on the side because you're going to need to let some air in there for the water to flow out. So okay. you can open up, that, open up that temperature pressure relief valve and then open up the drain valve on the bottom. It has threads on it so you can connect the garden hose to it. Uh, try to leave it off for a couple of hours before you drain it. Otherwise, the water is going to be super, super hot. And then just go ahead and okay. drain it out. Once it's drained, you can go ahead and replace that coil, put it all back together, fill it up with water, and then turn the power back on. Now, by the way, I will give you a caution, and that is that once you open that temperature pressure relief valve, you've got about a 50-50 chance that it could leak because sometimes uh, they rarely get used. Sometimes when you open them, um, you'll get a little bit of debris in there. You may have to open it and close it a few times if it starts to spurt a little bit of water. Well, uh, that's not too hard, then. Nope. And make sure, of course, before you start that you turn off the supply water to the water heater. Otherwise, you're just going to be flushing it. Gotcha. I, I gotcha. You're right. Exactly. Uh, what, I just, what if I just turn all the water off? You could do that, but, I mean, it, there, there will be a shutoff just for the water heater itself, and, and that'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks, Ed. That'll solve that problem. I just uh, I thought there was a way that you could pull that bottom water heater, and you, but I guess not. Nope, that's going to be a hole in the tank. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 
Money Pit. All right, thanks. Sandra in Missouri, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Um, I have a wooden front door with a wooden door frame, and the frame has been painted, which I assume is a latex base, but it's years and years old, like 40 years old, so I really don't remember what we used on it. But I need to replace the rubber insulation, uh, the strip, like weather strip that goes on, and nothing wants to stick to that wood. Right. And I've tried to clean it with soap and water. I used some vinegar, but still nothing happens. So I was wondering if you could give me some hints. I feel for you because I know what you're going through. You're trying to use that peel and stick weather stripping, and it doesn't have much adhesive on it. I think there's really two things here. First of all, um, aside from how you attach it, you want to find a type of weather stripping that's pretty beefy and is going to basically cover that entire edge where the door strikes. You know, when you close the door and it hits the molding, you want a piece that's going to sit well in that spot. And there are various types of vinyl weather strips that will fit in there. And some of those, actually, you pry open that door um, molding around the outside where the door hits, and you sort of slip it underneath. But if it ends up that you do have to adhere it, what I would suggest you do is forget about the peel and stick and just use contact cement. If you carefully apply contact cement to both the door jam and the back of the weather strip, you just have to be careful. I would mask it off as if you were painting it so you only get it where you want it. But contact cement is pretty impressive stuff. And once you connect the both sides, which in your case would be the weather strip with that wood door, it will not pull off, I guarantee it. I mean, this is what we use to adhere like laminate, like Formica to countertops. And it's a pretty inexpensive product. You can find it at most home centers. But again, treat it like paint. So you mask off so you only hit the areas that you want. And you can uh, repair a lot of things with contact cement. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Stay warm. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Lane in Arkansas is looking to do some countertop updates with the cement countertop. How can we help you with that project? I've been wanting to get granite countertops forever, and uh, I can't really afford it being a single dad and paying the mortgage and everything. So I was looking at the concrete method. I watched some videos on YouTube and whatnot, and I really like how it looks because it looks a lot like the granite. And my question kind of where is it? pretty simple for a, a guy that that knows a lot of, uh, not a lot about concrete but you know a little about it and uh the edging stuff that they sell on websites do you need to buy that or can is there a way that you can do it with just normal like wood where you could form it up yourself so first of all concrete countertops are beautiful but they're a lot of work to build, as you've learned if you've watched all of those YouTube videos, which I commend you for doing. In terms of the edging, you certainly, um, having those tools certainly makes it a lot easier. But if you're crafty, you probably could make your own edging tools okay. to get an acceptable edge to that concrete surface. Uh, the good news is that the materials itself are is, is fairly inexpensive. So if you really screw it up, you could <laughs> break it up. Throw it in the garden and start again, you know. Right. <laughs> but um, the the key is really the prep and making sure that you've got the form built correctly and you're totally ready to go. And you know exactly what you're going to do once you start to pour in that concrete because you don't get a second chance. Would you recommend a certain type of concrete? You know, Quickcrete makes a commercial-grade countertop mix. All right. 
right. So I would just go buy that. Okay. You know, you could pick that up at, at a home center hardware store and just go for that. Well, that sounds good. That's probably what I'll end up doing then. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888 Money Pit. Well, now that it's really cold outside, are you getting a bit tired of having to walk your dog in all this freezing weather? Well, installing a doggy door, and maybe that dog can walk himself. We're going to share the latest options for pet portals after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Money Pit. Where 
Home Solutions Live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pretty soon it'll be time to take the holiday lights down, Leslie. I know that's a depressing no, time of the year ever. for you because you would love to leave them up <laughs> year round. But I wanted to mention that if you're thinking about doing that project, if you're the kind of person that likes to get it done quickly, right at the beginning of the new year, you want to be careful about how you put those lights away. I have become an advocate of not putting them up into the attic if that's a space that is uh, not uh, totally insulated. Uh, like in my case, it's all spray foam, so it never gets really cold. But, you know, if you have a traditional attic or a garage, don't leave them out there. Try to leave them in a place where the temperature is steady because it does affect their performance. Every time we pull them out at the holiday season, we find that strings that worked perfectly last year don't because things change, especially with all that expansion and contraction. So if you're putting the lights away, make sure you store them in a, uh, a heated living area of your house. Denise in Ohio is on the line with some window condensation. Tell us what's going on. I've got some uh, windows. They're double pane. The house is about 10 years old, and I am constantly battling condensation in the windows. I typically, with a lot of the windows, open them um, daily and close them at nighttime. If there's some windows that I don't get to in the wintertime when it gets really cold, there's water dripping, it pools, it turns to ice. I try and get some of that... um, putty type stuff that you can put in the bottom and along the sides. Is the condensation inside the panes of the windows or is it like on the inside surface? Inside surface of the house. All right. Now, these are thermal pane windows or single pane windows? Double. Well, clearly the insulated glass is not insulated. So that's why you're getting this level of condensation. If you had truly insulated glass, it would be too warm for this condensation to occur. But you have warm, moist air in the house. It's striking the very, very cold, virtually uninsulated glass, and then condensing on that glass and dripping down. So that's what's going on. That's what's causing the moisture. It's nothing more than, unfortunately, bad windows. So with that said, replacement windows are in your future. Now, you don't have to do it immediately, but it's a project you're going to have to face. I mean, the good news is that replacement windows, the costs have come down. They're all custom made by, by just by nature. So uh, the company will measure the windows in your house. And by replacing them, they simply pull out the sashes, the old sashes, and slip in a new window, like into the old hole. And it looks great. It works well. It's just a good system. So that's in your future. For now, though, what we need to do is two things. We need to take as much humidity out of the house as we can. And secondly, I'd like to see you get a barrier in front of those windows. So if you could use, for example, a uh, insulated shade, one that has sort of those um, honeycomb kind of designs, that would help a little bit. I've got double right now, and I just ordered triple for some other windows. Well, that will help because that basically will stop some of that warm, moist air from hitting the window. And also drapes. I mean, shades and drapes help the situation. In terms of the humidity, there are a number of ways we can attack this. Uh, first of all, you want to make sure you start outside your house looking at the drainage conditions at the foundation perimeter. Because believe it or not, if water is allowed to collect around the foundation, and if it doesn't run away from your house, if the gutters aren't extended away from the house, that foundation will absorb water and it will release into the air once it gets inside. That adds the humidity. So I would definitely do that. Secondly, I would ask you to check to make sure that all your vent fans are venting out, not recirculating, 
because that will help as well. And thirdly, up in the attic, you want to make sure that you're well ventilated because that vapor pressure starts at the basement or, or, or first floor will permeate all the building materials and, and end up in the attic. And if the attic's not ventilated enough, it's going to kind of hang right there. So those are ways to reduce humidity inside the house. Of course, you could also use a whole home dehumidifier. Uh, but I think in this case, if we just control moisture and try to get something that's protecting those windows, that's the best you're going to do, short of replacing them. Well, what about getting some circulation? If I open them earlier in the morning and get some circulation going, will that... Uh, you're, it's, listen, this is just science, okay? Warm, warm moist air against cold surface equals condensation. You know, it, the flip, you, see this, you see this in the summer when you go outside with a glass of iced tea and moisture forms on the outside of it. It's the same thing. It's just happening in the winter in your house because everything is, re- is reversed. The warm, moist air is inside the house, and that cold glass is your window. Yes, and unfortunately, we have to keep the humidity at a certain temperature because of asthma and allergies. Yeah. All right. Didn't get as good of windows as I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> Denise. Sorry we couldn't give you better news, but maybe you'll get through with that. 888-666-3974. So are you getting tired of getting up to let your pet outside and then back in or taking them for a walk and it's cold and you're all cozy inside and you don't want to go outside? Well, why not think about installing a doggy door? I mean, it's a great way to cut down on those trips and give your faithful pal some independence in the process. But you got to pick the right pet door. You have to have it properly installed and then teach your pet to use it. These are all some important steps and you might think hurdles. But let me tell you guys, if you can do this, you are on your way to DIY doggy duty. Now, there are a lot of options for sure. So to find one that works, think about this. First of all, one type is called the most simple door in a door. A pet door in a door is the most common type, and it's generally the easiest to install. But then you can consider a wall door. Now, that's a pet door that's installed into the wall. This can give your pet access to an area of the house where perhaps there isn't a door available, and it's a great solution for puppies or older pets since it allows you to limit any chewing or messes to, say, the laundry room or a similarly easy-to-clean space. Yeah, and there are also special pet doors that are available for sliding doors. Now, these typically have a panel above the pet door to sort of fill in that empty space. Now, if you choose this option, you want to make sure that you can secure that pet door in place and place a dowel rod in the track behind the door so that you cannot push it open. You've got to make this really secure. Another option is an electronic pet door. Now, these doors will open automatically when your pet approaches thanks to a remote sensor that's worn on the pet's collar. Now, these electronic Electronic doors offer the best combination of convenience and security since you cannot open the door without that sensor. Now, keep in mind that once you get the door installed, you still have to train your dog to use it. So for tips on that, just search Doggy Doors on MoneyPit.com. We've got a whole step-by-step guide. Randy in Wisconsin is dealing with a lot of snow and the aftermath thereof. What can we help you with? We have a garage on our house, and when we bring our vehicles in here in Wisconsin, we have a lot of snow, and of course, it gets stuck underneath your vehicles and whatever. We try to scrape off some of the snow, you know, but it melts and it goes all over the garage because the floor is pretty much level, you know, ponds here and there, but it kind of flows over to my work area and stuff. And I wonder if there's a good solution to, you know, containing that water or... I don't know if I need to put it in a drain or what to do. Well, I mean, obviously, it's the floor the floor angle is the issue. Most most garage floors are pitched to the door so that water will run out. If that's not happening with you, what you might want to think about is putting in a garage flooring system. They have tiles um, available from a number of manufacturers that sit on top of the garage floor, but they're perforated. So if there's a bit of water, it'll settle sort of below the tile surface. So even though the wet is still there, 
you won't only be stepping in puddles. Now, do you have the floor painted? Uh, no, it's not painted, no. So another thing that you might want to do is, is epoxy paint that floor. That's something you can do yourself with a garage floor epoxy paint kit. Basically, you mix up the epoxy and the hardener, the paint and the hardener. You apply the paint. You can put a decorative chip in there. It will help hide dirt. And you can even put a lacquer finish on it. And when you have a smooth, shiny finish like that, what you can do is pick up a squeegee. And that makes it really quick and really easy to take those puddles and basically squeegee them right off the floor when the car when the, when the snow melts and leaves those puddles behind. Okay. I'll check into that. Good luck, Randy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Larry in Arkansas is on the line, has a problem with a well pump. Tell us what's going on. Yes, um, I live out in a rural area and have a well pump, and um, I don't want to have a plumber come way out here and then tell me I, some silly little thing that I could have taken care of. But the problem is that day and night, this uh, pump keeps going on and off, on and off. I've looked everywhere I can think of where there might be a leak in the system, and I can't find any leaks, but the well pump just keeps going on and off all the time. Is there something that I've overlooked or should be looking at? How about your toilets? Have you checked uh, for leaky fill and flush valves? Yes, I put dye in the tanks and watched, and uh, um, no... No appreciable leakage. So, I mean, you might, this is called short cycling, and it's a pretty um, common condition. It has usually a lot to do with the water pressure tank not having enough air in it. What I would suggest you do is to have not necessarily a plumber, but have a well company take a look at it. Because I don't think it's that you have a leak in your house that's running. I think this is an issue with the well pump itself. It's either the control circuit or the pressure tank. Well, one thing that I that I, comes to my mind that I, I haven't been able to check, is there some kind of a check valve in that system that could be faulty uh, after so many years, uh, like, like 15, 20 years? Uh, yeah, and letting some of the water back into the well line and then reducing the pressure down to the point where the pump thinks it has to come back on. Yeah, it's all possible. But I think it's in the well equipment. I don't think it's a leak. Okay. I want to thank you for so so much for taking my call, and I want to compliment you on the one of the greatest shows that I listen to every week on the, the radio. Well, well, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And good luck with that project. You can reach us any time of day, 24-7, right here at 888 Pit with your home repair or your home improvement question. Whatever it is, we will lend a hand. Up next, we've got tips on how to prevent snow and ice damage, including our recipe to stop those slippery sidewalks from forming without destroying your concrete. It's all coming up next. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. This is our 20th year 
as home improvement hosts, and we have enjoyed every single minute of helping you with your home projects. So if you've got one planned for today, tomorrow, for the spring, or for the summer, let's talk about it. We will get you started on the right foot. We'll give you some tips, some advice on how you can save money, how you can plan for success. But help yourself first by calling us at 888 Pit or posting your question to the Money Pit's Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit. Cindy in Louisiana, you've got the Money Pit. Tell us all about your roofing problems. Uh, we have a camp, and it's got uh, it's a metal building with uh, the pitch on the roof. There's several different layers of the pitch. It goes down, and so let's be like three different pitches on it. We had it put in, oh, probably in 07 or 08. And then around uh, 2011, we decided to uh, pull off that plastic wrap insulation off the inside of the roof and spray on the spray insulation on it. Once we did that, that's when we started noticing the leaks. So we tried different things. We even had another company come out, pull out all the screws, and put in new ones that were a little fatter and so with the washers and all that mess with them to seal it. That has not worked. We've been up there on that roof, I don't know how many different times, trying to put silicone on the, on top of the screws after we clean it down uh, along the seams. Um, sometimes uh, we've even had to get up there, and he's had to pull out the screw, put silicone in, and put the screw back in. It's It's just been an absolute nightmare to try. You said these are metal roof panels? Is it like corrugated roof? What kind of metal roof is it? Right, it is. It's like a corrugated roof. So they're big metal panels, right? Right. When you try to replace these screws, I guess you're essentially taking the panels almost off the roof, right? Because you're removing all the fasteners? Yeah, well, we can't, I mean, with the spray and everything else, I mean, we had even thought about could we, you know, take the roof off and start over. And now with the spray down on it, we can't even do that. Oh, so this this spray is actually up on the underside of the metal roof itself? Right. So it's like glued oh down now. <laughs> so there was basically no, um, there was no like sheathing or anything underneath this? No. We, when we started this project, we started it with someone who we thought, we didn't know anything and we thought the person knew everything. And now we know better, but, you know... We messed up, and now we're kind of caught in a bad position. So, yeah, it's it's not a good situation because it's kind of hard to try to repair something that probably wasn't put in well to begin with. So I have one idea for you, and that is to put another layer of roofing over the roofing that you have now, but put ice and water shield in between the layers. So ice and water shield um, is very effective at sealing these kinds of leaks that's specifically designed to seal around fasteners. And if you were to, if it was possible for you to put another layer of metal roofing over this, but put ice and water shield in between, that would definitely stop the leaks from happening. Short of that, I think this is a situation where the roof has to come off and you really have to do it right from the get-go because I don't think the, the, the roof was just put on, I guess, over some sort of furring strips or something like that. There was never uh, any ice and water shield underneath that. And so I'm not surprised that it does leak, especially from driving rain. I don't think you can rely just on the fasteners or even fasteners that have like rubber gaskets on them to keep that kind of a roof uh, completely leak-free. All right. Well, I tried. Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. I wish we could give everybody a quick fix, but sometime we just can't, <laughs> especially when you have a roof that's been going so wrong on so many levels for so long. You just can't bring it back.
Well, staying on top of snow removal will keep outdoor roots safe and prevent ice from building up. The key is to shovel walkways and driveways right after a storm, because the longer you wait, the heavier the snow gets. That's right. Now, after shoveling, you should apply salt to melt any ice on the sidewalk, the steps, but you've got to choose the right salt. I mean, it's really important. Now, traditional rock salt, that's going to work, but it's extremely corrosive to the surfaces, and it can leave your concrete all pitted and worn in areas. I mean, it's really not good for the surface itself. Yeah, and a much better choice is calcium chloride. Now, that is far less corrosive, and it's not going to harm your sidewalks. It's not going to harm your floors when it gets tracked inside, and it really is the best approach. Now, if you want to make sure that you are set up for safety, what we recommend is that you mix a bag of calcium chloride with sand and keep it in a container near your front door. This way, you will always have that mix of sidewalk salt and sand ready and handy when you need it. My only suggestion, though, is to not mix too much ahead of time because if it sits for a while, the moisture gets into the salt and it tends to make it really hard and you kind of have to break it up to use it. So just put a lot of out there to handle the next storm and then replenish it as needed. You can give us a call anytime, 24-7, right here at 888-MONEYPIT. Hey, after the holidays, could you be using a few extra dollars this winter? Well, we're going to tell you about one inexpensive trick that can save you big on your water bills when the Money Pit continues. Live in a Money Pit! Money Pit! The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Hope that you are enjoying yourselves at this very special time of year. If you are thinking about improving your home, you know, now's about the time we've been We've been inside for the most part for a good month now. The weather's turned cold. We start to get a little frustrated with some of the things that are not quite right. Maybe this has been the motivation for you to take on a project. Maybe you want to work on a brand new kitchen or bathroom in the year ahead. Whatever's on your to-do list, it belongs on our to-do list as well. So call us and let's talk about that project at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Bill in Michigan, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Well, I'm having a moisture issue um, in between... Um the fiberglass batting insulation and the foam board formular um, foam Owens Corning insulation that I put in. I'm okay. having moisture buildup in between the two layers of insulation. So you have two layers of insulation. You have both fiberglass and foam boards? Yes, sir. So what did you put on the... You started with, with poured concrete walls? Yes. And uh, you attached foam to that, or you left a gap? I, I attached foam to the poured cement walls, and then I have, a, it's a walkout, so I have some knee walls that had some fiberglass batting. Is there any space between the knee walls and the foam insulation? No, sir. So generally, when we when you, when, when you use fiberglass on, an ex, on a basement wall, there's a special type of basement insulation that has fiberglass that's encapsulated inside a vapor barrier. Usually it's foil face. kind of looks like a big, warm blanket. And it's designed specifically to be attached to the wall and uh, and give you uh, as much insulation as you can re- reasonably achieve um, in that sense. If you've got a lot of condensation in here, um, you, you may have another problem, which is that you've got too much moisture in that space. So let's deal with that first. The m- most common causes of moisture in a basement, you know, everything from a little bit of condensation to full-blown flooding, 
is poor drainage conditions, not inside, but outside the house. So if your gutter system is uh, non-existent, or if it is there and the downspouts, for example, are discharging too close to the corners of the foundation, or if the gutters are blocked and they overflow, those are all great sources of moisture that will find its way into the basement. Those poured concrete walls, as solid as they are, they're very hydroscopic, they're very absorptive, and that water will pull right up into that wall and show up as condensation inside. So you want to make sure that you have good gutter system that's getting that water well away from the foundation. And you also want to make sure that the soil around that foundation slopes away We'd like to see it drop about six inches over four feet. And then once that's set inside the basement, you may need to add a dehumidifier uh, as well, working inside and outside to manage the amount of, of moisture that's in that space. Now, in terms of the insulating of the walls and the finishing of the walls, generally, if you're going to frame a wall, I would tell you to leave at least three or four inches between that and the foundation so that you do have some space back there. If it does get a little damp, uh, it can easily uh, ventilate and dry out. Uh, Once that wall is framed, one trick of the trade that I'll often use is I'll put sort of a dummy heating register into that wall, a couple down low and a couple up high, so that it moves some of that conditioned air through behind the wall and helps to uh, to keep it a bit drier. You know, managing moisture in a basement is always going to be a challenge, but if you approach it that way, uh, it's definitely a challenge that you can uh, uh, overcome. Well, great. That's, that, that's very helpful. Sounds uh, like it might work. Well, many of us are using a lot more hot water these days, especially if we've had friends and family who've stayed with us through the holiday season. But cutting down on those costs is just as simple with the addition of an insulating water heater blanket. Now, this wraps around your water heater to help keep the heat in. Yeah, and here's why. Your water heater has to work a little harder in cold temperatures because of what's called the standby heat loss. It happens when the water loses heat through the tank's outside shell, which is usually made of metal. So if you keep that water hotter longer, that means you are less likely to run out, especially when you have lots of guests stopping by. Now, water heater jackets, they cost as little as 20 bucks, but they're going to save you big over the life of that water heater. And they're especially effective on models that are older units that might not be that efficient. And they take just minutes to install, which means you could pick one up today and have it installed before those guests arrive at your door. All you really need is a pair of scissors just because you're going to want to cut it to size. Yeah, so just make sure that when you add the blanket, you're careful not to block the thermostat if it's an electric unit or the controls and the vent pipe if it's a gas unit. Put it on according to the instructions, and you're going to see a difference. And, you know, it's only a $20 product, really, so it makes no sense to not put it on your on your water heater and enjoy some extra energy savings and a little bit more hot water. Cheryl in Texas, you've got the money pit. How can we help you? I have some countertops that are plywood. Um, I just purchased a house recently, and I'm planning to do a total remodel in about a year. But right now, the countertops are plywood, and so I wanted an idea to um, put on the countertop so that I don't have water damage to the plywood, and plus something that looks nice, and I was wondering if you might have an idea. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different options, of course, at a variety of price points, and if you're looking for something that's just going to be temporary but still stylish and functional, you know, probably your quickest and most DIY and affordable option could be tile. Now, that's going to be something that you could easily do on your own, and there's a lot of different choices to keep you within a variety of price points. Um 
and that generally can look really, really great. The other options are laminate countertops, which you can get pre-cut at the local home center, and that just depends on how much of a run you need and how much actual cutting to fit to size that you have to get. Um, But those are probably going to be your two most affordable. I think with tile, it really gives you an opportunity to make it really stylish and your own and something that you can feel proud of doing yourself and last you through the long haul until you're ready to do a major remodel. Okay. And what do you usually adhere the tile with? I'm not really much of a DIY person, but I'm sure I think I could do it. But I was just kind of curious with the water, what adheres that tile and keeps that countertop protected. So there's two options. There's a tile mastic, which is sort of like a glue that you trowel onto the plywood and you stick the tiles onto that. And then there's like a tile mat. It's like a two-sided adhesive mat that you glue that down to the wood surface in your case. Then you peel off a backing and you can stick the tiles right on top of that. So there's a couple of ways to do that. If you can find the mat... Um, what's interesting about that is you can grout right away. If you use the mastic, you've got to let it dry overnight, and then you can grout. Okay. I like those ideas. Okay. Thank you so much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Give us a call anytime, 24-7, right here with your home repair, your home improvement question. 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 888 Money Pit. Just ahead, we're going to solve a mystery for one of our followers. Now, Andrew is seeing crazy black stripes on his ceiling, and he wants to know what the heck is going on. We've got that answer and more after the break. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Money Pit is presented by Indo Window Energy Saving Inserts, the smartest way to make your home warmer, quieter, and more efficient without compromising your home's historic integrity. Get your free estimate at energysavinginserts.com. That's energysavinginserts.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us with your home improvement question 24-7 at 888-MONEYPIT or post your question to the Money Pit's Facebook community at facebook.com slash Pit. That's what Andrew did from Buffalo, New York. He's got a spooky problem. That's right. Andrew writes, in the last few years, my 12-year-old house has developed dark areas where the sheetrock was screwed to the trusses. This is only at the outer edge where the ceiling meets the wall. I assume this has to do with the cold in the winter. Should I be worried? And should I seal the spots and then paint them? So what you are seeing is basically deposits of dirt or carbon that are sticking to the cold bottoms of those trusses. If you think about it, the drywall, the sheetrock's attached to the trusses. Insulation is in between the trusses. So those beams where they're in direct contact with the drywall, you have sort of a thermal bridge there that's going to be colder. So if you have warm, dirty air, and we're not saying you're a lousy housekeeper, but if you have warm, dirty air, it rises up to the ceiling, it strikes those cold surfaces, and it leaves 
some of that material on those trusses. Now, I've seen this very distinctively in homes where folks have one very specific habit. That is, they love to burn candles. Because if you burn a lot of candles, you get a lot of carbon in the air. And man, that can make it look like, just like a stripe, you know, like a zebra stripes. So it's really nothing to be concerned about. It's really a a maintenance issue. You can clean it, perhaps with some TSP, trisodium phosphate, uh, and if you paint it, you can do that as well. But remember, it's going to come right back because it's a factor of the amount of insulation that you have. And perhaps even adding some more of that will slow that process down. Well, if you needed emergency help, could the right people find your house? Well, they can if it is well marked. Leslie's got some tips to help put your house on the map in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know what? I'm always amazed, even when I'm just dropping off the kids for like, a, you know, over at a friend's house and it's night, how I cannot see the numbers on the house. And you're kind of guessing, you're like, three ago was 17, so what are we at, 21? You know, it's tricky, and that's terrible because residential fires peak in these winter months. So you've got to make sure that it is not difficult for emergency crews to find your house Just in case, guys, the unthinkable can happen to you. It's interesting. One of my son's friends, their house completely burnt down in a fire in the winter months, probably four years ago. And this is still one of the families that every year when we go to do, you know, the ghosting with the candy around the Halloween season, I can never find the number. So you've got to make sure that your house is visible. Put large numbers on your home or the mailbox. If you've got a long driveway or maybe you can't see that entryway, Be sure that your address is in plain view from the street and well lit. Now, some communities even offer to spray paint your house number on the curb right near your home with reflective paint. Call your town, see if they do this. But whatever, make sure that people can find you. In a life-saving emergency, It you know, minutes really matter. And it's always friendly for a friend to stop by. So make sure everybody can see the number on your house, but be especially safe this time of year. You've been listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on this, our first episode of 2020. Coming up next time on the program, if you get a heavy snowfall followed by warm days, you may also be getting ice dams, which can cause a heck of a lot of damage inside your home. There is a solution, and we're going to talk about that and more on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.